Hello and welcome to a special edition of the My Love of Golf podcast. For the first time, I'm your host, Scott Carter, and I'm going to likely fumble my way through my debut at interviewing a guest. Depending on how it all goes, it could be my last interview as well. But hey, as always, thanks for listening. And if you make it to the end, don't forget to tell your friends about it and give it a like, share it around, and even better, subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on next week's episode. But let's jump in and meet my lucky test case. So regular listeners will know that we've mentioned this guest a number of times on the weekly pod as we've sung his praises as an up-and-coming amateur uh, on more than one occasion. So I thought who better to get on the show as the debut guest for this little new series we're calling, well, maybe it's a work in progress title, but cart path only. Um, his name is Siddharth Nadampali, and everyone calls him Sid. He's a fellow Spring Valley Golf Club member down here in Melbourne, and he's had a great 14 months or so on the amateur circuit after winning the Tasmanian Amateur at the end of 22. And on the back of that W, he spent 2023 spreading his wings a little further than the Victorian Ivo Witten series, playing world amateur golf ranked events across the country, where he notched up another W and a solid nine top tens in 2023. And in the last two weeks, he's played some great golf for an outright second in the Australian Master of the Amateurs at Southern Golf Club last week. And he's just fresh off a T4 in the Adidas Australian Amateur, finishing up at Yarra Yarra today um, among some very, very good competition. So we appreciate him jumping in as the first guest. Welcome, Sid. Thanks for having me, Scott. Um, it's good to be here, um, especially after the performances I've had over the start of 2024. But I'm yeah. happy to be here. Mate, it's been a great start to the year. Congratulations. We, we haven't caught up and exchanged a couple of texts, but, um, but uh, mate, what a, what a great last couple of weeks of golf for you, mate. Congrats. How's it feel? Feels good. Like um, just having a chat with the coach and Michael, you know, over the last two weeks, just discussing how I've played and it hasn't been my greatest golf, but I, I guess I've sort of progressed a lot more. At, in recent times and being able to play some average golf and still be able to score pretty good, I guess that's what's changed over the last sort of 12 to 18 months, I guess, playing yeah. all these amateur events and just figuring out how to score a bit better. And that's yeah. what I did the last two weeks. Well, mate, uh, you've, You've done pretty well if that's the case. If you bring in your B grade game and you and you've got you know a couple of top five finishes. I mean, last week in the Master of the Ams, th- there was there was some pretty solid players in that field as well. Where you had an outright second. Um, there's a couple of Americans in the top twenty of the world amateur golf ranking. Um, Kit Poppet, we we know you know we've mentioned him on the program a couple of times, but and plenty of good Aussie uh, young Aussie Ams in that field. Um, but you, you shot a solid 66 in the final round, mate, to go down by just one. Um, 
you know, only a couple of 64s were better on that final day. But, geez, that, that's pretty good golf, Sid, on, you know, the final day of a big tournament. Um, your mind must have been in a pretty good spot. Yeah. You know, you just got to, you know, when you're behind, you just got to try and get yourself back in contention, which is what I tried to do in that sort of circumstance. So I guess I was just like, just enjoy myself. You know, I've come this far since last year. Just got to try and put a good score in and we'll see what happens. And then just kept being patient, waited for a lot of putts to sort of start dropping and they sort of started coming a bit later in my round. And then just being more patient sort of helped me get to shooting six under in that final round. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't want to bring up a bad round, but you had you had 75 in that third round. So to kind of back that 75 up with a 66. That was um, a bit ugly, that, that third round. Um, yeah. It was, it was a bit of a, I guess that's how golf works. You know, you, you play good, you play bad, you just got to figure out how to turn the 75 into a 72, I guess. And I just struggled with everything on that third round and just had nothing going for me. Well, you must add something nice and uh, and helpful for dinner that night, mate, because uh, <laughs> yeah, you certainly turned it around. And and I mean, and and then you did it again this week, right? Like I I, I was following the scoring throughout the tournament, and uh, the first round was played at Keysborough, wasn't it? And then the last yeah. three at Yarra. And I noticed, mate, at, at Keysborough, you finished the last five holes in five over in round one. And then Just, you came out in round two, and what did you do on the front nine at Yarra? <laughs> so, we'll uh, we'll just say the last five holes at Keysborough, um, everything went amok. Everything yeah. went so bad. I just started getting a bit impatient, I guess, just trying to force force the issue. And then a couple of wayward shots didn't really help coming home, but. I thought, you know, from where I was after nine holes at Keysborough, I was looking to score a bit better than what I did and then came out the second round, just sort of meandered my way through the front nine and then went guns blazing through the back of the front nine at Yarra and shot 65, shot five under on the front at Yarra, which was my yeah. back nine. Oh, that With, was your back nine, was it? That was my back nine. Ah, so okay, yeah. I started, right, I started right. on I started on ten. I was two under through six. Yeah. Six or something, and then or five. And then I sort of bogeyed 14, 15, just a few silly errors there. And then came out, just hold a few good putts early in the in the uh, in the front line, excuse me, and yeah. then just just started hitting a few closer, and everything clicked. Just yeah, kept putting the ball in the hole, especially after the weather delay. Yeah, right. Yeah, there was a it bit was of a bit of rough weather uh, on that morning, wasn't there? But yeah, yeah. Yarra Yarra is the that kind of course where, uh, like, you've played it a number of times now, haven't you? And, and yeah. like, if you are if you are getting a close, like. Oh, I'm saying the obvious here, but if you if you get it close, you're you're a half a chance. But I mean, um, 
a few of our mates have gone really deep um, at Yarra, who are good golfers. But like, if you if you're putting in the right spots, like you can um, you can definitely make some scores um, on that course. But yeah, I, I was looking at the scorecard thinking you started on one and you were seven under through fourteen or something. But um, but no, it was the other way around. But still, still incredible five under. Uh, you know, front nine yeah. on Yarra for sure. Um, and and then and then today. Yeah, talk us through the last nine holes today, Sid. Like you had uh, nine pars, oh, okay. and then you finished with ten pars right. in a row. But yeah, yeah. How, how was that mentally? Look, I I did get a bit impatient at times. Just like you know, nothing's really going in. But you go, I I gave myself chances. Nothing really went in. I just go, nothing gained, nothing lost. I just play the last ten holes pretty pretty solid, I guess. Didn't hit it great coming home. Like I got up and down where I needed to. I made a few good up and downs actually, but just had to keep telling myself, you know, you you got chances coming up. You just got to keep giving yourself those chances, which I did, and unfortunately I didn't convert them. But that's golf. You just got. I'm just starting to learn to accept. You know, mistakes will happen and, yeah. you know, it's a lot better than what it used to be. And, and mate, are you getting some uh, mental coaching help with that or is that stuff just you and your team are talking about and you're, and you're kind of figuring out as you go? It's just more me and my uncle coach, you know, family coach, just sort of that sort of team, just finding ways to, to I guess, progress in like my head my mental my mental space i did see john novak for a couple of weeks just to get some ideas on how to get my my mental state i guess in a better spot than what where it was and yeah. that really that initial sort of six weeks really helped me sort of like understand that except like you know not everyone's perfect and then being able to play under pressure, I actually started to feel like I did, wasn't so tense and I could just be a bit freer. Yeah. But still a work in progress, I guess. Yeah, I think it's a work in progress for, for everyone at every level, um, you know, ongoing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you've you've certainly witnessed uh, what my my work in progress breakdown and need to uh, get back into the repair shop a couple of times. But <laughs> uh, even me, you've yeah. seen me as well. I've I've had a few few dummy spits, but I think that's all past me now. I've kind of learned to accept that golf will be golf. You'll play good. You'll play bad. You're just gonna put the score on the day. Well, well mate, see if I'm- you can play. I think we're we're seeing that in the scores and the results that you're posting, right? Because um, I think, yeah, twelve months ago, nine pars in a row, twelve or eighteen months ago, probably would have frustrated you more than it did today. And uh, but you were able to hold your position and even improve your position on the scoreboard um, on the leaderboard because of that, right? And and to finish T yeah. four in that field, you had, we had Quinton Croker took it out by five shots, you know, at 14 under. He's obviously a very quality, uh, like high-quality uh, amateur, as all of these guys are, including you. But Phoenix Campbell, I think you've had a few duels with Phoenix um, over the last couple of years. 
shooting nine under as well. But um, yeah, and I noticed that old mate Declan uh, O'Donovan in round one on Yarra Yarra went eagle eagle on eight and nine there. So you know he, he finished at T four alongside you, but um, with a couple of uh, a couple of eagles back to back there in round one definitely helps. Uh, but mate, super high quality field again. Like you, you know, the people from all over the place. We've got Americans, Japanese, uh, Singaporeans, um, Australian, New Zealanders. Like there's there's people from um, all over. So England, um, I can notice here in a bunch of other European flags. So so yeah, high quality field, mate. Um, down in Australia for a couple of weeks. That's that's good for young Aussie golf, isn't it? Absolutely. Like you don't get that in Australia. Like it's all pretty much the same sort of crowd, I guess, for all the Australian events. But then every now and then you do get the odd, you know, maybe some New Zealanders might come over for a couple of events and then go back. But to have the first two weeks of January be, you know, such a, a world-class of like, you know, have a, such a world-class field and for me to play the way I did in those two weeks, I think, my confidence has built, you know, to a point where it hasn't been for quite a while. Like, I look at myself 12 months ago in the same tournaments I played, you know, Master of the Amateurs, Oz Amateur, and at the start of the 2023, I think I was tied 32nd and missed the cut by four or five at the Oz Amateur. Yeah. So that's a massive turnaround for me, like, in – a year. Yeah, t- totally, mate. And I mean, I, I, you know, I see firsthand the the work you put in, the dedication. You're at the course every day. You are grinding every day. You've obviously worked very hard on that mental game. So it's fantastic to see you kind of enjoying these kind of results and putting these results up. Because yeah, I think everybody has recognised the talent. Um, and and it's just taken you know one or two things to click up a level um, for you to start to you know be in the top end of that leaderboard. Um, you know it's funny you talk about your confidence levels. Like I don't know if you if you heard on the pod, but as I said in the in the intro there, we've mentioned you a couple of times. Um, and uh, and and the one thing Ross said the other day when he saw you. Um, uh, I can't remember the event that he mentioned that he saw you at, but just the way that you were walking, carrying yourself, um, and getting around was just in a very different, a very different kind of posture. And and it was he was super impressed with, um, with the difference that that he noticed, you know, in the last six to twelve months. So from when he first met you, so mate, total credit to you. And I, I can't wait to see the rest of twenty four and and the end of twenty four. Towards the end of twenty four is what I'm excited about when. You know the uh, the uh, the Aussie PGA and the big events come around where um, you might be able to get some qualifying in. So that'd be exciting. Yeah, you know, give it a crack. Just got to give yeah. everything a crack. Well, I'm only 19 at the moment. I'll turn 20 in April. You know, I might just might just give it a crack. You know, I've had yeah a few cracks at Oz Open qualifying and. You know, it's a good experience to try pre-qualify for all these pro events because it teaches you how to be patient and also how to, I guess, grind your way to get to there as well. Yep. 
Yeah, no, that, that's great. I mean, we've dived straight into the golf in the last couple of weeks, but uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I mean, you just said you're 19, nearly 20, but yeah, like tell us a little bit about who, who is Sid um, and how did you get into golf and and what's, what's your story? Like what's your journey to to get to nearly 20 years old and, and be this good so, at golf? So um, I'm born and bred in Melbourne. Um, I'm 19, as I said. Um I'm half Indian. My parents uh, came here with their parents, so my grandparents and my mum, uncle, moved here in '83 as immigrants, and then they have lived here for thirty-five years now. And um, second generation Indian, and you know, I have such a wonderful family. It's a pretty full house at, at the moment. Um, but the re- the reason I got into golf was my uncle, actually. He um tried to get me into a lot of different sports, like cricket, soccer, basketball, you know, you name it, any sport under the sun, even golf. And then I just picked up a golf, a plastic golf club at the age of two, and I just started swinging it everywhere. Yeah. And I... I couldn't stop. I couldn't get enough of it. And I'd even do it with like, you know, a ruler, a violin blow, you name it, anything that was reminiscent of a golf club. I just start swinging it around. I had that obsession at such a young age and I always wanted to be world number one from when I was a four-year-old. And I think that dream still sticks with me. Um. Couple other things. I love cars, I guess. I'm a I'm a normal teenage person. I guess I love cars. Yeah. And I'm also a bit of a sneakerhead myself. I was gonna like, say, I wonder yeah. if you you're gonna mention your Jordan uh, collection and we've talked about that a lot, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yes. Um I don't have as big a collection as some people, but um I got oh, a mate, few nice. You should have seen the moving nice boxes. That- this last week, <laughs> Sid, the moving boxes. I think I had eight eight large boxes of uh, of shoes my, myself, so I've got nowhere to put them. But anyway, yeah, I've got um, I think I've got twelve pairs of shoes in the collection. I got a couple Jordan one highs. Yep, a uh, couple couple one lows, Jordan five. Yeah, I got. I've got a few nice pairs and decent you know, little start. I'm maybe. always little start. I'm trying to trying to start getting into watches now. Just oh um, mate, that'll be the end of your your, your bank account. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I like researching. I'm a I'm a big internet diver, so I like researching anything I'm interested in. So whether that be cars, Jordans, watches, golf clubs, even. You know, just anything, if I just have 30 minutes to myself, I'll just be diving on the internet just going, you know, what what shoes are coming out, what cars are coming out, what, you know, watches do I like? I just start endlessly diving in and then I see the time two hours later. I could be sitting there all day just diving through internet stuff about the topics I like, I guess. Hey, you need to turn pro so you can earn some money to pay for all this stuff. (laughs) Uh, yeah, but I don't think I will when I turn pro. I think I'll be 
pretty sensible with the money. I mean, um, I think I might be a bit, bit too excited when I get my first paycheck, but I think I'll be sensible and put it away, like most people would tell me. Yeah, like the family's telling you. You, you mentioned the family met there, mate, and, you, and I know you're close with your uncle. He's been a great supporter. Um, and 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 so was it just, um, you know, I think we've spoken about briefly, like golf is not big in India, and I know that the family's been out here for a long time. So yeah, I've got another question about who they support in the cricket, but anyway, we'll come back to that. But, uh, you know, golf is not a big sport in India. So is it just yeah. – is it the fact that they've been, you know um, – Australians for the last 30, 40 years and and kind of influenced like you know influenced by golf and and the access to golf here that that um that it ended up being that game or was there something else or they had no idea about sport. They just thought, you know, there's there sport, you know, my uncle was just trying to see if I was interested in anything, see if I had any talent. Saw I had hand eye early on with golf, and then that just kept progressing and progressing. Slowly, I started hitting real golf clubs, and then started, you know, wanting to do that every single day. And then, you know, as I was going through my journey, they also started learning about it to help me. And I think that's why I'm so close with my entire family because they've sort of been there with me every single part of the journey. And, you know, I have them to thank for putting me in the sport and supporting me the entire way. Yeah. It's a pretty common theme for, you know, highly successful sports people and and particularly golfers that the family is, you know, so committed and so supportive. And it's not just like, hey, the young guy wants or girl wants to play golf and, and, and drives it themselves. It's like the whole family unit is behind them. So, it definitely feels like you've got the right network around you and the right support and, and they're putting you on the right path. Um, and you, you mentioned turning pro, like you mentioned that that aspiration, that dream of, of kind of being number one and, um, you know, who, who are the kind of players that you look at, the pros that on, on tour at the moment that uh, that really kind of you look up to? Um, I've, I've always looked up to Tiger ever since I was a kid. I guess every golfer has looked up to Tiger at some point. Um, I guess at the moment, I'd say Seth Thagala. Reason is, I I believe me and him share like a similar sort of game. We're very creative with our shots. Like I like to be creative with the golf ball. I like to move it both ways and also like to hit some ridiculous shots as well from anywhere. But I try the hero shot a bit too often. Um, <laughs> no, I really like how he plays. You know, he's really, you know, he seems really nonchalant when he plays, but he, you know, he's got emotion in him, which I like. Um, and maybe, uh, I've been sort of a fan of McElroy as of recently, just. Just how he's, you know, changed over yeah. the last 12 to 18 months, you know, just got a bit more flair in him, I guess, at the moment. Having yeah. a few wins, got a bit more flair, got a bit more, you know, a bit more confidence in him, which I like. 
you know, just trying to build that confidence for me to sort of be like him, you know, have that sort of no, I get well, you gotta have a bit of gotta have a bit of you know arrogance about yeah, you. Arrogance, as a, yeah. As a, uh, as a top man, pro, you gotta be like, absolutely. you know, I'm, I'm up here. I'm up here, you know, yeah. playing against the best in the world. Which he has, but you know, I, I like to keep myself down to earth, you know. I don't like to get ahead of myself because there's always a lot of work to be done and I still have a lot a long way to go. Yeah, I I think you know for me, my arrogance is uh, when you when you don't respect uh, other others, like you don't respect your your competition, or you, you you think that you are the best and that no one has any other chance, and that you don't have any respect for your competition. I don't think Rory does that. I think he just got you know a uh, a significant amount of confidence in his own ability and thinks that he can win yeah. every single tournament and. Um, yeah. yeah, the last eighteen months or two years, with everything that's gone on in the golf world, you could definitely see that he clicked up a gear once once yeah. this whole thing kicked off, and um, and he, he started to rack up a few wins. So um, yeah, yeah I, I think he's a pretty a pretty good role model to look up to from that regard, mate, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Sid, at nineteen, are you a bit of a you you are a bit of a gear junkie, aren't you? Um, you do yep. love your gear. You I, just talked I about do. the research that you do. Um, yep. Tell us about what what have you got in the bag at the moment? Um, I play Titleist throughout my entire bag. I always have since I was 13. I just enjoy the gear. I think the gear is really good. So driver and three-wheel, I've got the TSR three models and – I've always liked to have a smaller sized club head behind the golf ball. Just to me, that's confidence inspiring for some reason. I just like looking at a smaller club and going, yeah, I feel like I can hit the center of that more often than a club that's, I guess, a bit bigger in size. And that's just been me. Um, I do play driving iron. I got T200 utility. In the three iron, I got T one hundred four down to nine iron, and then I play four Vokey wedges, and got a Scotty Cameron fastback, which is, I guess, like the semicircle mid mallet putter. But I'm away. I'm on the way. I got new irons on the way, so patiently waiting for those till after the season. After Jan ends, your putter has your putter is definitely one of your weapons, isn't it? And, that, and that's one that hasn't changed in your bag for a little while. You've kept that one no, in play for a while. So I've I remember when I got it actually. So it was after Oz Junior Amateur twenty twenty one. So I've had that for almost three years now. Come May, around May will be three years with yep. that putter. Yep, and everything else has changed out. In, in and around it, and I, I know that yeah. uh, I know that yeah, utility three iron, a driving driving iron, three iron is yeah. an absolute weapon for you around the very tight um, spring valley on some of those holes. So I've it I've seen that in play go, plenty. Does go a fair way once hit in the centre and off centre. It is quite forgiving, actually, a lot more forgiving than the previous generation, which I like, I guess, because. Yeah. I am known to hit it 
not in the centre a lot more than most other amateur golfers. I tend to hit it all across the face, but I guess forgiveness-wise, it's a lot better than the old the older model, and I I quite like that. And it flies exactly how I want it to. Yep. I can stop it on a green if I want to into a par five, and it's it's what I want really. Yep. Well, despite not hitting the centre of the face as often as you might like to, you, you can go pretty low. What What's the lowest score that you've uh, that you've gone in a competition, like in a tournament? Um, I've had. So I don't know if this is. I don't know if anyone's beaten this, but I played Box Hill Open Amateur in twenty twenty three, I believe. Not shot. Eight under, shot sixty three, and at the time it was the course record. Right, so they told you it was the course record. Yeah, yep. So it was the course record at the time, and it was also my first bogey free round ever. Yeah, amazing. So it was, it was a pretty cool time to do it because um, it was straight after. Master of Amateurs, Oz Amateur, you know, all those events that I've played, even Vic Open qualifying, I've played horrendous. And I was just like, I need to put a lot of hours into putting because that was what let me down for those events. So I was like, just putting hours into my putting. Come, I think it was a Sunday, can't remember. What? Come yeah, the event. The Sunday. Uh, I, I, yeah. I remember, mate. It was it was the Sunday. Yeah, it was the last round. Yeah, yeah. I was um, I uh, played the first round. I had three or four over, I believe, and then come the second round, I just was like, forget my game plan. I'm going to hit drive everywhere and just <laughs> see if I can hold putts and. I think I was three under after six and I wasn't, I made, I think maybe two greens, two or three greens Yep. for six holes. And then every putt inside of 15 feet after that was just dead in the center. It was possibly the weirdest experience I've had on a golf course. Just yeah. Being able to walk up to a, a putt inside of 15 feet and know it's going to go in the hole. Mate. It was weird. You just need to pick that up and uh, you need to bottle that and, and bring it out um, every Sunday that you're, uh, that you're yeah. in the tourney. But, Possibly um, need to. Yeah. Mate, you, you've, had, you've had quite a bit of success um, over the years, haven't you? I actually noticed that uh, you've won at Karingle a number of times there, Sid. Like what's... What is it with you and Karingal? I guess Kaikui, the grass that's there. I sort of, I've been coached at Yarra Bend for 13 years, which has Kaikui. And um, I sort of used to chip around a lot there with my, with my coach. And then after, I'd go chip a lot there. So I sort of understood what Kaikui does. It's quite sticky. It sort of grabs a club a bit. Yep. So I don't know. I just like the layout, the grass, you know. Yep. It's just been a good golf course. And yeah, I enjoy playing there. You know, it's a, a good test to play, especially out in the West where there's not 
a lot of golf courses, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I like it. Well, and that go that that love or that like goes back a little while. It was 2016. I saw that you won the uh, the boys event there, the Stableford, with 40 points, 22 on the front nine. What were you playing off that day? Yeah. You remember? Oh, I can't remember actually. That would have been a while ago. Um, Single probably figures. Off, though, right? I was probably off 11. I think. Yeah, probably off 11. I noticed um, Keely Marks won on that day as well in the under-14s. And I know you, you've played with her a couple of times in some of the the the, um, the game by Ogilvy, um, and she's an out-and-out star, you know, really on the rise. And um, she's off to college. How do you think she's going to go over in uh, over in the US when she heads to college? I have a feeling she'll be doing amazing, you know. She's yeah. a grinder, you know, good player. Always has been, and we'll just see. We we'll just go see how low she goes around the courses over there. You yeah, know, she's not shy of going deep, so we'll just have to wait and see. You know what results come up, and hopefully some very good ones. Yeah, yeah. No, we wish her all the best. Um, and, and, and I mean, you know, there's a couple of other. Like, I'm sure there's a real little community of amateur golfers like around the same age that you guys have just been playing against and in and around each other for a long time like is it a pretty tight little community or is everyone pretty individual and and like you know focused on their own path um i think most most of them are individual you know we all sort of try and practice on our own i guess sometimes we play with each other you know usually it's just all we do it ourselves just so we can, I guess, concentrate more on what we got to get done, you know? Yeah. I sort of like to be by myself so I can work on, like, being creative, you know? I like, I love spending time on the short game era, just being creative on my own. Just yep. literally with two or three balls, just chipping with a love wedge, just one club, a love wedge, and I just go do whatever, you know, try it low draw or a high spinning cut. You yeah, know, just trying to play different shots with a with the one club. I just sort of developed a way to get up and down a lot more. Yep. Yeah, it's a very individual game, isn't it? And it has been, yeah. you know, very much so until this until, you know, I guess at the moment. And it's gonna be really interesting to see whether this team concept through Live like really kicks off and what that does to the younger generations and and uh, and the individual nature of the game, and that's that's not a criticism of the game or anyone that, that goes about their work on their own. That that's um, that's how golf is done today, and that's. Yeah. I'm just interested to see what what happens in the next uh, in the next generation. But, um, so so Sid, we talked a little bit about your success. Do you know I found you on the Latrobe Golf Club honor board, Sid? Do you know how many honor boards you're on? Have you got a count? I think I'm on just that one. Just that I one. Think, uh, we've got. Spring Valley, uh, I think I won a couple of junior club champs there, but I think it's just those two from memory. Mate, I thought you'd that be I filling know, up a photo book. I thought you'd be filling up a photo book <laughs> and going around taking a selfie of uh, of you next to your name on on every honor board you're on. But nah, nah, I don't think I'm on many. I think I was just at Latrobe and Spring Valley. I think actually, I don't know what. I think Latrobe. I think Latrobe was the Latrobe Open Amateur. It was from yeah, yeah. Yep. From October, 
And there was a couple of other, uh, or at least one other Spring Valley member on there as well, one of your pennant teammates as well. Uh, was on Chitty. there from, yeah, the year 2000. So, um, so yeah, very good. Well, mate, hey, wh- where do you go from here? Like what happens after this week? Like what's what's your schedule look like for the next, uh, well, for the next few months? And, yeah, what, what are you up to? Next event, I'm off to Sydney tomorrow. I've got Avondale Amateur. So that's a quick turnaround. I'll be, I'll be on. I'll be on a flight to Sydney at seven in the morning. Pretty early, pretty early rise. But play there Monday to Thursday. Um, pre-qualify for Vic Open. Play a few more events up until probably the third of April. I'll give Q School a crack this year. Just to, you know, I've got nothing to lose really. Yep. In the in the amateur section, I thought, you know, my my coach and I decided, you know, it's a good it's a good time to turn pro, you know, or give a chance to turn pro. If I don't, I'll probably just stick another year at amateurs and have another crack next year. You know, I'm only nineteen. I got so many years ahead, and I guess the thought behind it was, if I turn pro this year, I can sort of make my way to the US a bit quicker. So my my goal from start of last year to even now is to try and get on top of Q school, I guess. Yeah. Well mate, it's been great to chat. And one thing that I've really picked up is uh the word patience and, and the the patience that you've shown um over the last, you know, twelve months or so. In, in learning to do that and you can you can hear it clear as day that that is something that you're focused on and concentrating on so um hey we really appreciate you jumping on tonight you just finished the event today you're jumping on a plane at 7 a.m tomorrow um mate we love the the success that you're having and and the progress that you're making and we uh we're big supporters and, and we'll keep an eye on you and wish you all the best and thanks for jumping on and being my little test case here sid i'm not sure this could be my this could be my last interview i'm not sure but we'll uh but mate i appreciate you jumping uh, on i don't i don't think so um no it's good to be on thanks for having me and thanks for all the support from you know ross and yourself you know Spoke with Ross at Sandbelt and, you know, it was pretty happy to see the progress I've made and likewise with you, you know, two good two good people enjoying a podcast, you know. I reckon you'll have a few more interviews in front of you. Let's see. Well, mate, thank you for being the first one and uh, no all the best in Avondale and we'll chat to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. Cheers, buddy.